welcome to the Ghosties Podcast. I'm Christina, a psychic medium. And I'm Missy, a medium-ish. We are besties who look for ghosties. Join us as we talk all things paranormal, go on the occasional investigation, and receive messages from spirit and our spirit guides along the way. This is Ghosties. (laughs) Hello. Let's try it again. (laughs) That was a new Kids on the Block song that they redid. Sorry. Ooh, Lord, throw it back. Uh, Well, I heard Hanging Tough last night um, randomly in Baba and Frank's in Carrollton. And I was stoked. And Mike goes, you're the only one in here that is stoked about the song. And I was like, I'm the only one in here under 40. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I that in a hot minute. Shot fired. Shots fired. Um, yeah, I'm like, don't accuse me or don't like criticize me for like an NKOTB. I used to have a sleeping bag of them. Yes, I feel like there was a comforter or a blanket or something in our house, along with a giant button on a purse mm-hmm. that my sister had, which Mike says everybody had. Maybe mm-hmm. a case, a uh, floor poster that was really big. I had <laughs> two of the New Kids on the Block Barbie dolls. Excuse me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they had rat tails, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Not the rat tails. You know, Mike says he's going to give Logan a rat tail. He, I'm like, listen. Listen. <laughs> no, he's already looking like he has a mullet right now. And I would say no offense to those of you that are rocking the mullet or your kids are these days. But I will actually um, not say that because I don't like the mullet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan um, personally. And I don't want my kid to have one. So he said he was just going to cut it into a rat tail. And I'm still... Don't know how I feel about that. Kyle had a rat tail when he was younger. He should have. That was when they were popular. However, in 2022, I'm not here for it. <laughs> True. That was like the days of Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh, have you, you know, maybe it's because I work at elementary school. And, I, you know, I haven't seen any yet this year. But last year, I know there were one or two that were full-on rocking it and I know some people that kids have them and I'm sorry about me but I just it's not for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah good but yeah um what was I gonna say to you you just started school this week uh, didn't I yeah, I did you did it seems like I've never left but you know what I um amidst all the chaos I am really happy there I know. I don't think I've ever heard you this happy about your job ever. I know. I love it. And I have all these, like I'm in three different classrooms right now, which is crazy. But I have all these littles that like look forward to me being in there. And they like, we want to come work with you. And it just like melts my heart. Oh, I love it. I know. There's one girl. She is a little diva. She is gorgeous. This little girl. And um. She's in one of the second grade classes and she just in the class looks like she's falling asleep, could not care less about anything going on, would rather do anything other than follow directions. So I pulled her today and she gave me this look and I was like, yep, yeah, come on. So we went out in the hallway. As soon as she got in that hallway, she turned into a completely different child. She was 
just chattering and smiling and talking and just so excited to like, I guess, be one-on-one. It was just, I, it was just this amazing little turnaround and she's so smart too. I don't know. I just love like discovering all these little, these littles. So it's almost like she just does better with like that one-on-one attention. Yeah. And I think she's bored because she is smart. I had to do this testing and she's smart. She's just flying right through it. Like she, she's gifted for sure. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to diagnose her as gifted, but she's just, she needs to be challenged. She needs, you know, some, something to make her think. Mm-hmm. What? I'm sorry. I heard something and I think it's the dog. Anyways. Well, I just heard some weirdness in here. It sound mine sounded like a, like that, but I turned around and, and Punk is laying there, but he's not stirring. What did you hear? Wait, what did it sound like? <laughs> I don't remember. Don't ask me again. <laughs> I'm done with you. Mine <clears throat> sound like that. <laughs> well. Sounds sounded like either like a magazine or a book fell off the shelf in here. I probably did. Hey y'all, it's Christina from the Ghosties podcast. And I get this question all the time. How can I book a session with you? Head on over to christinathemedium.com. I offer meet your spirit guide sessions, spirit chat phone calls with yours truly, distance Reiki by proxy sessions, as well as Reiki certification classes. If you've been thinking for a while now about jumpstarting your spiritual awakening and healing journey, definitely check out christinathemedium.com or find me on my TikTok channel at Christina the Medium and click on my link tree to book a session. Looking forward to working with each of you. Love y'all. Hey guys, it's Missy. I am going to talk to you real quick about something that I'm absolutely in love with, and that is wine. (laughs) Shocker. Um, I love my wine, sometimes a little too much. My only complaints are all the sugar that they pump into this wine to make it so sweet or so tasty. And not only that, you feel less than zesty the next day if you have a couple too many glasses. However, I found the answer to all that. It is my favorite, favorite, favorite wine. It has no added sugars and it doesn't leave you feeling like trash the next day. And before you try to stop me and say, oh, I'm not interested in a pyramid scheme, it's not about that. It is about delicious wine that you can order anytime on your own. All you have to do is go to scoutandseller.com slash Missy Stuprich. That's M-I-S-S-Y-S-T-U-P-R-I-C-H. We have cute little cans that are perfect for poolside fun this summer. We have some really bold reds. We have some delicious dry whites. We've got bubbles. We've got everything that you could want without the next day regret. So don't forget, go to scoutandseller.com slash Missy Stuprich and check out your next big wine obsession. Oh, is it going to work tonight? (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. God almighty, I hope so too. I know. Welcome back. Again. Excuse me. (laughs) How was the day? Oh, busy. I'm so tired. Like trying to get homework done and do all the things and keep up with 
I can hear it. Oh, bless yeah. Yeah. Did we, we've done our introduction? Are we just, yes? Yes, we're good on the intro. No. <laughs> oh, good. They'll definitely hear the difference in my voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at least this is your episode tonight and not mine. <laughs> I'm right. I know. Yeah, guys, we're talking about near-death experiences tonight. Yeah, sorry, I was fighting a yawn and I was trying not to. <laughs> I wasn't just not responding, I was just yawning. <laughs> so, Missy, first off, we had had some technical difficulties trying to record the intro and then part two just was not happening that night and we've just had some hiccups along the way. Thanks a lot, Mercury Retrograde. <laughs> Mercury retrograde strikes again. We need to find that TikTok and post it if we can. <laughs> I guess like my wife when it's Mercury retrograde. Mercury retrograde strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our copier's been down for like four days. So there you go. Oh my gosh. Not the copy. Not the copier. If the cat heard it. <laughs> the cat heard it. Oh my gosh. You need to talk about that. Oh my y'all. So We've had the full moon the past weekend. So usually like during the full moon and, you know, all these like astrological conjunctions and things like that that are going on, usually like the spirit activity will kind of ramp up during that time too. Mm -hmm. I texted Missy as soon as this happened the other day, Kyle and I and the dogs were all down in the basement. We were watching TV and we have these bowls like right next to the door where we throw our keys in and it sounded like somebody came in the back door and threw a set of keys in that bowl. Kyle Echo said, honey, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle and I looked at each other and I was like, you heard that, right? He was like, you heard that too? The dogs took off running, like, but there was nothing. Did he go check or did you? He did. And then I came. Okay. I was like, listen, <laughs> he better. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, uh, you first. <laughs> but I mean, I've, I've, everything's mm. locked up. That's so creepy. Yeah. That could have been a near-death experience. You never know. <gasps> oh my gosh. I have to like mute myself if I could. Because I cannot. I'm sorry. I'm going to be quiet now and I'm going to let you <laughs> proceed. <laughs> All right, y'all. So we are diving right into near-death experiences. So... Quick summary of what a near-death experience is. Um, anytime somebody goes through a really uh, close experience that could have led to death or they experienced a temporary physical death. So, for instance, like if somebody flatlines, if they have like a cardiac arrest or they fall and hit their head and, you know, lose consciousness and stop breathing during that time. Say so a near-death experience is a profound personal experience associated with death or impending death, which researchers claim share similar characteristics. Such experiences may encompass a variety of sensations, including detachment from the body completely. <clears throat> Ooh, my throat chakra. <laughs> <laughs> Feelings of levitation or leaving the body and being able to observe the body from a different perspective. Total serenity and peace, a feeling of being connected with everything security, warmth, the feeling of absolute dissolution and detachment from time, a presence of a bright white light and an entrance into a tunnel, which leads to a bright light. That's a lot to feel all at once. 
Yeah. Very often people say that they experience seeing color being the most vivid they've ever experienced, seeing family members that have long passed away and having a reunion with them, uh, or seeing like angels or beings of light. Sometimes people that they don't quite recognize, but they know on like a soul level that they've loved these people in some capacity. And then very often people have like a religious experience where they see like Jesus um, or, you know, Buddha, you know, different people that are associated with different organized religions. So common experiences, again, reported uh, kind of over and over throughout near-death experiences would be kind of being outside of your body and being able to observe the surroundings going on around your body. Many also report being able to see different perspectives, including like not only leaving their body, but being able to see where their family is across, you know, different states, across, you know, uh, an ocean. Uh, being able to um, have a feeling of peace and painlessness, um, accurate auditory perception while out of the body, being able to observe like the people around you and what they're saying or doing. All of a sudden feeling like you're in another world experiencing a life review where you see like all of the most beautiful moments of your life or like everything from your life, from the good to the great. So with that said, here are some stories of some near death experiences. So this one says, when I was 12, I was on a trampoline. I jumped up and all I remember is when I came back down, I tilted backwards and landed on my neck right at the last moment. I passed out and I remember stopping breathing. I suddenly remember going through a tunnel and walking very slowly through that tunnel. And at the end, there was a beautiful white light. I could see a man who had a long white robe on. I didn't know exactly what his name was, but I knew that I knew him and that I had loved him. I told him that I wanted to go with him. It was so peaceful and full of love but he showed me somewhat of a movie of my life, all of the experiences I still needed uh, to be able to experience back on earth. He told me I needed to go back. Then I woke back up on the trampoline, gasping for breath while my friend's mom was doing CPR on me. I was out for several minutes, they said. This one says, um, my uncle was a heavy drug user and accidentally overdosed on several occasions. He had been revived on many, many occasions. And on this particular occasion, he said he quit drug use cold turkey afterwards. Gave me a chill. Um, He said he was gone for a full two minutes on this particular occasion. All brain activity shut down along with the rest of his body. He told me that the only thing he could remember was sitting at a picnic table at his park that he loved that was next to his house where he was raised the only good and safe place he could remember growing up. He was sitting there with someone that he knew that he loved, but he couldn't quite tell who they were. He said that he just spoke to them, but he had no idea exactly what was said. It was a feeling that he had in his chest of peace and love. He said, just as he was jerked back into his body, the man turned to him and said, I'll see you later. Remember me. So just then he woke up as he was being revived. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one says, <clears throat> this gentleman was about to experience a serious car accident. When he realized that a collision was imminent, 
the patient said that he seemed to slow down almost as if time started to slow down in and of itself. He said he hit the brakes and went into an uncontrollable slide. He said then all of a sudden he seemed to pop out of his body. While in this state, he had a full life review, which consisted of brief pictures of his life, flashes and little snippets of movie reels, seeing his children being born, marrying his wife, kissing his first girlfriend for the first time, all of these beautiful memories that he held over time. He said all of a sudden then he was jerked back to seeing the view from his up above his car. He said he watched his car struck a, strike a tree and the truck bed crashed through the back window, causing multiple injuries to the back of his head and encroaching upon his spine and chest. <clears throat> Medical reports show that he was in a coma and nearly died, yet he had a vivid sensation of leaving his physical body and entering into a peaceful darkness during the totality of that accident. He said he had a feeling of moving up through the dark and almost like this winding tunnel that winded towards a bright point of light that was directly above him. He said suddenly he felt like he was filled with the most beautiful love he had ever experienced. He said he's never experienced anything like that currently on earth. He said he started again to see a second life review, one guided by a being of light. He said he saw all of the things he had ever done in life, the good, the bad, the terrible. And he not only saw things from his perspective, but from the people that were involved, he felt how he made them feel in those moments. He said, as he felt this, he thought that he would be like washed with this feeling of grief or regret or almost a feeling of guilt. He said each time he would go to feel that way, the being of light would come up to him and say, this isn't for that. This is to learn, not to grieve, not to feel guilty. He felt bathed in love and compassion as he reviewed the moral choices he had made in his lifetime. He suddenly understood that he was an important part of the universe and that his life had a purpose. Just then, he was jerked back into his physical body as the car slowed to a stop. Goodness. That's crazy. <clears throat> mm -hmm. All right. This one says, a blind elderly woman was in the hospital during a cardiac arrest. And if I remember correctly, this one is from the perspective of like one of the medical personnel that was caring for her. It says, um, she suffered a cardiac arrest during her stay in the hospital where I was the chairman of a psychiatric department. She was unconscious as the resuscitation team tried to revive her. According to her later report, she described floating out of her body and standing near the nearby window, watching the medical personnel do the resuscitation. She observed without any pain whatsoever as they thumped on her chest and pumped air into her lungs. During the resuscitation, a pen fell out of the doctor's pocket and rolled near the same window where her body stood next to the window. Oof. The doctor eventually walked over, picked up the pen, and put it back in his pocket. He then rejoined the frantic effort to save her. They succeeded. 
She said a few minutes later, she told her doctor that she had observed the resuscitation team at work during her cardiac arrest. No, he soothingly re- reassured her. You probably hallucinated because of the anoxia or the lack of oxygen to the brain. This can happen when the heart stops beating, he said. But she looked at him convictingly and said, but I saw your pen roll over to the window. Hmm. He looked at her, shocked, eyes wide, as she described the pen and the further details of the resuscitation. The doctor was shocked. His patient had not only been comatose during the resuscitation, but she had also been blind for many years. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I just got chills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, so this one says an electrical worker with a telephone company reported on this particular day that he, so my understanding of this, if y'all want to get a good mental picture, they were putting like that big extendable box truck up to the top of the power lines. And he said, huh? I think that's a bucket truck, right? Bucket. Thank you. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the bucket truck, basically he said that their protocol was to lift him straight up in the air, he do his work, and then they bring him back down again and they repeat as they go from pole to pole. But they said because the weather was so nice and there wasn't a lot of traffic where they were at, they decided to leave him up there and run the truck from pole to pole with him still up in the bucket. So basically he said um, they accidentally crashed the truck onto the side of one of the poles and they sent this gentleman flying about 30 plus feet to the ground. Mm. He said, right before I hit the ground, I said to myself, oh, this is it. The next thing I knew, I saw myself standing at the ocean shoreline with the water crashing over my feet. The colors were the most brilliant colors I've ever seen in my life. I could feel the colors almost. I could almost taste them. Everywhere I looked, I felt like I was a part of that scene. If I saw a drop of water, I knew I was a part of that drop of water. Then I started seeing a man walking from the ocean towards me. The closer he got, the more I realized that this was my dad. Dad and I had had an awful relationship in life. We couldn't even hug or say I love you or be hardly in the same room with each other. We fought so frequently. So seeing dad walking up to me made me immediately start to cry. He had been gone and passed away for many years. Dad walked up to me and gave me the biggest bear hug. And as I pulled away, he said, dad, or he said, I love you, son. We both cried and I said, I'm so sorry, dad. He said, I know, I'm sorry too but you aren't supposed to be here right now. You have to go back. He said, I don't want to go. I want to stay here with you. He said, all of a sudden he could still see his dad, but it was like he was being pulled backwards. He said, suddenly I could see my body on the ground off in the distance, having CPR performed. I don't want to go back in that body. I yelled to my dad. He said, he didn't move his mouth. I heard it in my mind. You must go back. The next thing I knew, I was back in my body, gasping for breath, experiencing the worst pain I had ever felt in my chest. Apparently, he had cracked several ribs, had a really wicked like head wound, um, but now he uh, draws like um, 
he takes like these different plates of glass basically and paints on those plates of glass to try and replicate the colors that he saw during that near-death experience. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, this one was my favorite um, and it might have also been the saddest. Um, oh, great. Here we go. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a little bit of a longer one too, so buckle up. Um, all right, so I took this story from the documentary Surviving Death on Netflix. So this was experienced by Mary Neal, um, MD. She's an orthopedic spinal surgeon. She said, in 1999, I arranged to go to Chile to kayak. Ooh, my right ear is ringing. Ooh. I was looking forward to this section of river that was really well known. During kayaking, another kayaker's boat got wedged in where I needed to paddle in order to avoid a rather large and absolutely fatal fall if I went down that particular waterfall. So basically, like, she was in these rapids kayaking down Chile, and because this other boater got lodged in a particular entrance of where she needed to go, it pushed her into the more advanced rapids that led to this big waterfall that dropped. Oh, yeah. She said, um, again, because they were stuck in that particular position, it pushed my kayak to the mouth of the waterfall just as it began to drop. I knew that things were not going to be good. She said, I had this distinct memory of saying in my head, oh, my God, I'm going to die. She said, I felt myself go down. My, I felt myself be submerged in the water. And she said, my boat became completely pinned underneath the water. I was submerged in 10 feet of water. And it was almost like her torso had become plastered to the front of her kayak. <clears throat> she said, I was no longer breathing. She said, I so feel my bones breaking. Ugh. Yeah. She said, but I had absolutely no pain. I was just feeling the sensations of the bones breaking. Oh. She said, I have a distinct memory of saying I should be screaming, but I wasn't. I felt no pain, no fear, no panic. I felt more alive than I've ever felt in my entire life. She said, I could suddenly feel my spirit peel away from my body. She said, then my spirit was released up into the heavens. And she said, I was immediately greeted by this group of spirits. I didn't recognize them, but I knew that I had loved them and that they were important in my story. They were so overjoyed to welcome me. These beings started taking me down this pathway. And that pathway was thickly covered with beautiful flowers. She said, the colors and the aromas were more vibrant than anything I had ever experienced. There was an absolute shift in time and dimension. I experienced all of eternity and every second, and every second expanded into all of eternity. She said the pathway all of a sudden went into this dome-like structure. And she said, I had this overwhelming sense that I was home. But she said, at the same time, I could still look back at the river where my body was, was still submerged in the water. She said, the group of kayakers who were with me tried their best to get to me, but they could not reach me. After 15 minutes of searching, they had given up on a rescue and had shifted into a body recovery mode. She said, one gentleman, and she could see this gentleman. Oh my God, this paper just blew off of my freaking printer onto the ground by me. Ugh. I heard it. 
I can't. We gotta get it. We gotta get through this. <laughs> so scared. Keep going. <laughs> she said, um, so she could see from her perspective, one man saw um, just down the river that her life jacket had popped up. So he started swimming down river to see if he could grab it because he thought maybe her family would want to have it. As soon as he reached her life jacket, his leg hit up against her body underwater. Mm. And she said, I could see them pull my body up out of the water. She said, I had been submerged for over 30 minutes. My body was, my body was purple and bloated. She said, my pupils were fixed and dilated, which is also a sign of death. She said, during my near-death experience, um, those beings also shared something very important with me, that one of my sons, Willie, would pass away before his 18th birthday. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. She says, I was ultimately revived by CPR and carried through the jungle to the road. Right after they told her this, that he wouldn't survive past his 18th birthday. She said, all of a sudden I was back in my body and they carried her through the jungle to the road. And she said, it was a miracle when they got to the road, there was an ambulance sitting on the road that ended up carrying her to the hospital. And she said back in 1999 in Chile, that was unheard of. So she said, this was like years before her son's 18th birthday. He was like a kid, like nine or 10 when this happened. So she said, each year that would tick by, she would get more and more anxious. So she said, finally, years later, once they were getting really close to Willie's 18th birthday, they were off on like some vacation. And she was so bothered in the middle of the night, she goes and knocks on his door and says, look, I need to tell you something and tells him everything, what she saw, what she experienced. And he basically said like, mom, you're being crazy. Everything's fine. You know, I'll, I'll be extra careful. Everything's fine. And she said, they laughed, they cried about it. She said, but ultimately we felt good about it. She said, but we were also aware that we were going to be extra careful. So she said, Willie's 18th birthday came and went. Um, She said, I figured maybe that vision had been wrong. She said in 2019, when Willie turned 19, he decided that he was going to go to a ski camp. And while he was at that ski camp, a freak accident occurred. Willie was struck by a vehicle from behind and he died instantly. Mm. When Willie passed, she said, I knew instantly that he was safe, that he wasn't alone. And I knew for certain that I would see him again. She said, had I not had my near-death experience all those years before, I would not have believed any of this stuff because... She said, you know, I'm a doctor and we're kind of trained to not believe in this stuff. Right. She said, "Um, but I knew for certain, even though I was deeply grieving and I still continue to grieve, that my son is somewhere safe, that he's not in pain, that he's being taken care of and watched over. She said, and I know that I'm going to see him again. She said, so for that, I am grateful And she said, for whatever reason, it was like they got an extra year with him. Mm Oh. So she said she um, ultimately made a complete recovery from her accident. Um, She had to completely relearn how to walk, um, you know, kind of relearn how to do everything. 
She said she should have had extreme brain damage um, for how long she was without oxygen, but she never experienced that brain damage. And she is still um, a spinal surgeon to date. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So I asked the guys basically like what happens when we go through a near-death experience. So this is the, the roundabout what happens. Um, so first they said that whatever our religious beliefs are um, or whatever our beliefs are surrounding the afterlife is what some of our first experiences will be like. So very often this is why people say that they see Jesus and like the heaven that's described in the Bible, whereas other people might see, you know, different types of organized religions, versions of heaven and God, you know, um, all of that will be kind of like catered to whatever their religious beliefs are. They say very often too, this is why people will experience a quote unquote hell experience when they first have a near death experience because they might have some guilt regarding some things that have taken place in their life, or perhaps they might think that that's where they deserve to go. So their mind will create that for them. They say, um, there's also usually reported that you're like going down this tunnel and they said that tunnel is almost like an energetic highway or a portal that takes our spirit over to the other side. They say at the end of that tunnel is a big bright light Many people say that it's the brightest light they've ever seen. My understanding from my own guides is this bright light is spirit or God. They say that it's not like some person sitting on a throne. It's an energy. So they say, um, basically, each of us have what's known as the etheric silver cord. And it's basically like this little energetic cord that looks similar to like a baby's umbilical cord. It attaches to our solar plexus um, just above our belly button. And that's what kind of reels our spirit body back into our physical body when we astral travel at night while we're sleeping. So if anybody's ever had a dream where you like all of a sudden feel like you're falling, very often it's because our spirit body knows, oh crap, Christina's about to wake up again. We got to get back into the body really fast. And usually all of a sudden you get reeled in really quickly. This is also, in my opinion, why... Uh, we experience um, sleep paralysis because we haven't fully integrated back into our physical body yet. So we experience a paralysis of the physical body, even though we're cognitively aware of what's going on. We just haven't reintegrated fully back into our body yet. Right. <clears throat> um, so they say basically, usually those um, people that experience near-death experiences will say that they were stopped just before they went through that big bright light. And they say that's because that big bright light will sever the silver cord and that will keep from ever returning to our physical bodies. Oh God. Yeah. So that's what stops it. And that also kind of recalibrates our spirit body over to the other side. It gets rid of all that icky energy that's, you know, attached from the earth plane. So usually you're sent back prior to that. Um, but they said that this is a very common experience and one thing that my guides are saying right now is if you look at the consistencies in people's reports, very often, you know, these are consistencies that either have never hit the news or it's something that kind of crosses cultures and, you know, people from all across the world have experienced similar things. So it can't just be, in my perspective, it can't just be, you know, a hallucination. Is it a group worldwide hallucination? You know what I mean? Right. 
so that's my that's my episode y'all <laughs> well those stories were really cool I love the part that they all said that they didn't know who the people were but they knew that they loved them and like mm-hmm. they all mentioned that I thought that was really cool mm-hmm. it just yeah. makes like if anybody's afraid of like when you know we pass away because I think on some level we're all a little anxious about the unknown mm-hmm. but there seems to be this recurrent theme you have no pain all of a sudden you feel mm-hmm. surrounded in the most loving feeling you've ever felt and you're not alone there's somebody there with you yep so it's oh. pretty, pretty comforting yes on that note i'm going to bed so if you <laughs> want to you can find us on facebook exact instagram youtube and email us all of your amazing, crazy, scary, spooky, funny spirit stories at the ghosties podcast at gmail.com. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.